My brothers and my sisters, uh, we have gathered here today for another Humble Podcast Brag Podcast with your host, uh, Zachary Dupre. It, it, uh, I'm going to say uh, streaming. Uh, oh, shit, my bad. I thought you were going to watch by the Streaming. Um, Flow racing and uh, college football games on your laptop uh, on your hotspot does eat up your data very quickly. So part of the process could also be affecting uh, my app usage. So I have to keep that in mind. Before. So let's see how this one goes. I just got on Wi-Fi, so it could be me. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you've been streaming the football games on your on your hotspot the whole time. Yeah, a little something. I don't like buying cable, so. Um. <laughs> yeah, fuck that, dude. I, I do a little bit of the illegal It's not illegal as you say it, bro. It's just a link that I just happened to click on and some shit. Yeah. To me, I thought I was going to get a virus or something, and boom, football came on. I don't even know, man. watching this Man, it's gonna happen. Oh, so what's what's I'm the score right now? Seattle and Minnesota, and I believe it's 13 0. Oh, yeah. I haven't, I wasn't, I'm paying more attention to the race than I am the football game. I got them side by side here on my bed, but um, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to see what's happening with this Pro 275 field. I'm, I'm see how much the weather is affecting these guys, man, because uh, the numbers look vastly, vastly different from when they uh, were in Virginia two weeks ago. Or one week ago. In it. Right. Well, Virginia's also a badass I mean, track South too. Georgia Motorsport is a badass track, but when the air is 100 foot versus 2,500 foot DA and the water grains are three versus one. 120, it's a big yeah. difference, especially for the blower guys. I'm seeing them. I wouldn't say the, the screw blowers are slowing down a lot, a lot, but it seems like it's really, really affecting the guys. The pro charger guys are slowing way down. Oh, yeah, I would have, I would, yeah, I would expect the, the pro charger guys to. to I say way down. Is it? Is the is the overdrive limited on the screen? Greater versus unlimited as it gets. I'm not sure about Pro 275. I think it's more of a weight deal with Pro 275. I don't think they have any boost restrictions at all. No classes. Um, huh. No okay. no turbo restriction. They have. I don't think there's any turbo size restrictions in RVW or Pro 275 either. That's when you start getting into limited 275 that you, um, you get away from the screen. And the big, the big inch, the big twin turbo guys, and they got limits on sizes and all these different weights and stuff. Classroom is interesting in the radio world classes because they're all so close, and you got ET starting to kind of overlap a little bit over some of the classes, it seems, too. Yeah, I've noticed that, like, dude, the Pro 275 guys are fucking knocking. Yeah, when it's, I mean, when the conditions are ripe, I wouldn't expect for 
like a guy on a 275 to try to go qualify for RVW or anything, but they're really pretty damn close. I, I don't know what, what the quickest EP was at Virginia. I think it was a 75. I mean, that would beat a lot of a lot of former or current RVW cars that are they were trying to qualify. They would have hell time to with those guys. Yeah, like dude, I remember when Nizer when Jeff Nizer went three seventy two like four years ago or so and it was it was like holy shit, that's what a run that is. And you know, now he'll barely be too much class and now, I don't even think that would qualify. I think He's I'm pretty he's pretty smart, man. I don't know that he would not come out here if he had a chance to win. I just I don't know how Bert and Stevie are doing it, man. They're they're not that much further ahead of Luis right now. That's what I was gonna say earlier. I've never seen a situation like Luis De Leon. He's only he I guess from what I heard, he's only driven cars on the dyno. And he hops right into a three seventy, three sixty radio versus a world car. Have you ever heard of anything like that before? No, and that's far. That's got to be that's like I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't just hop into a fucking. I'm sure they brought him along slow and maybe he had testing rounds. But I think the um maybe lights out last year was his first race, and I think he came straight in like in testing and started driving the car. I can't imagine like in in Bra- I don't know if they're in Brazil or they in Brazil or something like that. I can't imagine they have radio prep car. I don't think they have yeah, radio Taylor, prep tracks so. like. SGMP in Brazil, I venture to say. But no. That's incredible, course, man. No. I mean, There's I know no he's way. putting a lot of runs. That's a that's a real true uh, zero yeah. hero story right there. I mean, people that don't know who he is, um, he, I think he's the chief technical officer for Fuel Tech, and he does runs on the hub dyno of every, like every car that comes in there. So Nitro's Turbo Blower, he does these runs in the car. And they said that experience was sufficient for him to hop in this car. And he hopped right in and goes straight down the track every lap. That's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I guess, I guess you would get experience of what the car actually yeah. would feel like, you know, in a dyno you get the, well, yeah, because it's not like a, a typical do, load hub dyno where you just, as... you know, one gear and you're just going up to your red line and you're letting off. They're actually making runs on the dyno. He's on the trans brake. Yeah. It's getting right, the extension in the back end and it's break. picking the front up and doing all this stuff. And they're really tuning these cars on the dyno. This is crazy how what the progression of, of the sport is at this point. It's It's pretty cool to see because I like, I saw him run an alcohol funny yeah, car. That thing and I was like, holy nice. shit, that's amazing. That thing was, was trucking big like, RPM. Wow. Like, it sounded crazy. I think, was that the, the Frankenstein car that did that? Man, those guys are nuts. Yeah. I mean, they're not spinning these alcohol motors to, to eight or nine grand. No, they're, they're 10, 5, the Mimis, 11,000 man. RPM on an alcohol big, car. Big. Man, they're, yeah, um, they, they I mean, RPM. that's crazy to watch, man, these guys. What do you think about the cost of the sport? What do you, do you think it's, there's any way to curtail this? you think it's too late? No, it's, 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 there's no way. The technology has outgrown it. Um, not, not necessarily technology like, okay, so like I come from the fuel class world, not, not the door car stuff. 
but in the fuel cars and stuff, there's there's a way you can you can cut down the cost as far as running the car, as far as like hotels and fuel expense and all that stuff. There's there's no way. Yeah, no, you gotta have those those crew guys. You gotta have those those Um, guys on the road. You gotta have those guys in the shop for a lot of these teams. They got. I mean, the big teams, if you rule those, if you remove the Schumacher and the Kalita and the Force, you start taking those guys out of the equation. It starts to look a lot more normal. But how do you – you can't take those guys out of the sport. They fill up the fields. Like, talking about Schumacher, Kalita. No, they, yeah, they, they got fill the up whole field. 12 cars. And it's, it's almost to the point where it's borderline unfair. Look at – Look at Pro Stock last weekend, but they had six cars in, in the elite program. Like that's yeah, I heard for thirty Caleb was going to see. Pretty good detrimental cut. That's I mean that's a good deal. You don't have to right pay for the program. You can race ten races for three hundred k. I mean it sounds ridiculous, but the versus the expense of buying a car alone. I mean I can't imagine what a, a race ready Pro Stocker costs. You're talking about with two hundred fifty k, two hundred k. And then you don't know how to do shit on it. Shit on it. The minimum. Have at least two or three guys just to get you to the starting line. Right. You got to have, I mean, you don't have to have a big transport. You can have a regular trailer, but you're going to fit all your shit in there that you need to make it through a weekend. Like, I mean, we barely fit all the shit for my dad's grudge car in a damn trailer. I can it's imagine not. a post-offer. You can do a lot more shit. He has a 81. What Camaro. kind of cars your dad have? He graduates currently. Uh, really? uh, baby what kind of motor got in it? Man, it's, it's a grudge car. Bro. How That's big is not, big I'm not at liberty. It's <laughs> right there. It's, it's a right. turtle. If anybody <laughs> asks, it's a turtle. So don't. Right. I forget. <laughs> yeah, man. You, hey, man, it's a free win, man. Just it. put a, a couple thousand dollars, and we'll you, we'll show you how slow it is, man. It's not even no big deal. But um, damn, eighty-one Camaro though. No, you don't see those very much. No, it's nothing but Mustangs. Like the the Irock style. Grad racing, he's gonna race a lot of Mustangs. I'm sure. Oh yeah, the Fox bodies. Even like the the next. That's what I'm going for. That's my favorite. But yeah, that's that's what I have, and we were uh, we're putting a six zero. That's what I'm going to do. Just that last. You going? What you going? Just going to keep the motor and just put around. Do what? Yeah, it's just a little street car, dog. Because my Ford motor blew up in it, so we just took it out and just. Swapped a little six zero in it. Rip, rip to your Ford motor. That, uh, I'm sure that didn't last long. Yeah, no, hundred hundred and seventy three thousand miles. I mean, not bad. Not bad. You're um, you're you're four six over there. Probably <clears throat> would have had hell with my LT one. I don't know what the hell Ford was doing you know, between ninety five and two thousand four with the with the four six two valve stuff. That was. What a waste of time, man! They should just put four valves on everything. Yeah, the like the the Cobra motors are way better. They're you know because yeah, the two valves they don't they don't breathe that good at all. 
it's just a bad design. They, um, those heads, even the trick flip, aren't that great. They're no offense to Ford guys, man. I don't know what the hell y'all are doing with that. Don't don't swap. I've never heard of anybody swapping that in any way. Why would you give those away? You could get a four six two valve motor like with the best everything, and people will just give it to you. Take it. Right. See, I've, I've never. Yeah, you, know, you hear people coyote swapping stuff, but I don't know the coyote motors. Oh, that's a whole different ball game. Did you see the um the Lund racing car? Full weight, factory trans, re- like built factory trans. Like I think it still had IRS stock on like sealed stock motor with a turbo kit. Seven nineties. What it run? 790s are like 100. Oh, yeah, it ran that at Houston. Yeah, that's all. No, it ran that here. No, it ran that in, uh, at Ennis. Oh, that's... in Ennis? Okay. I thought it ran it in Houston. Maybe so. Same difference. Just quarter mile track, 790s with a stock ass motor. With IRS. That's. <laughs> yeah. All they did was put injectors on it, tune it, build the trans turbo kit. Seven nineties. That's insane. Your 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 six O. If you put a stock six O in anything, put a turbo kit on it, it's probably not going to do. No, that. there's no that's, way. That's that's that four valve life, man. We're talking over eight thousand RPM. Ain't no stock six O going eight thousand RPM. Mm, no, not stock. Maybe you could get it eighty one hundred. Cam, no way. No stock cam. There's no way. Like six thousand. That thing. That thing's gonna have a heart attack at six thousand. Yeah, but I mean, there are people yeah. making over a thousand horsepower with the stock six O's. Yeah, 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 for sure it can be done. But I mean, like, oh, man, stock truck intake, stock. How long heads, is it gonna live? Like, you know, that's what I'm always worried about. Like, if you man, those those Kylies are really, really impressive, man. They're really impressive pieces. I'm. I've raced a lot of them, and they come screaming around me at the finish line. I just got a stock motor LT one of those lines, man, and they come flying around me at the finish line like I'm standing still. Like, oh, shit. Right. I have uh, to treat them. You got a fortune really... Camaro, right? Or Firebird? Uh, yeah, I got a 94 Trans Am. It's a, it's a duck. It's even more so, more of a duck than my dad's car. It's a duck lean. <laughs> stock LT one? Yeah, stock motor, 223,000 miles so far, and still going. I've tried to kill it, and it won't die. How so many times you replaced the OptiSpark on that son of a bitch? <laughs> um, one of them actually died right after I got the car. Then actually, wow, I've actually taken them off just while I was doing maintenance, and I've you know just to inspect them, and they were all perfect. You just it's how you install them and the, the process you go through, and not getting them wet. So I'm right. very leery of going puddles and water pump leaks and you know when I'm pulling hoses off I'm really taking care of it so I don't have those issues and I actually sealed mine up with uh, with, with Permatex so I don't think any water's gonna get in mine. Yeah that that's that's a lot of the problems you had. Plus like my friend had a ninety seven Camaro and um he bought a new OptiSpark for it but the new OptiSpark wasn't like the old Mitsubishi models OptiSparks and so it was it was junk. Yeah. Yeah, I made sure that I, the one that's in my car and the one that's on the shelf are both Delcos, so I haven't had any issues. The one I put on the car um, after after the first one failed, which I'm not sure if it was the stock one or not when I bought the car. I bought it in San Diego in 2009, 2010, and I've had it since then. The one I put on, the one that I took off the car, 
like half the rotor was gone. Like it was just in dust in the, inside oh, the cab. So wow, that, that wasn't going to work for much longer. But oh wow, what a run, Chris Carson. Chris Carson he just shook sure? off like four. He just shook off four Vikings and like ran to the end zone. What a run! Wow. That's going to be on Sports Center for sure. That's top ten. Um, like yeah, that that yeah that opti was trash. I got rid of that one. I immediately like this is some crazy shit. I put a fresh I think it's a Delphi opti on my car. The next day I drove it from San Diego to Seattle. Ooh, that's ballsy, dog. <laughs> 25 miles per gallon with a, a bone stock LP1 with an auto up the coast by myself on wow. the drive the whole way. That, them, them, them younger Navy days, man, I was uh, I was a little more reckless, I guess. I don't think I would try that. <laughs> I don't know if I'd trust that right now. <laughs> That's crazy. But, uh, I know, it's got gear now. It's got a trans, it's got a converter. Like, it's got all this other shit on these boats. Like, I don't know if I'm going to drive it all the way up the coast now. See, like, I got a truck for that. My friend, he did, um, he did the LS coil swap on it. You know, he had he put the, um, I don't know if it was the Torque Tech kit. Oh, yeah, he, I'm sure he, yeah, Torque Tech. I'm sure he hasn't had any more issues since then. No, and and you can actually you could put the 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 P four zero eleven computer on it and actually tune it. So it was it was pretty. Yeah, you you know what's going on. Yeah, I've uh, I've had that bookmark for a while, but it's down. The whole kit, if you buy it from them, you're talking about. Nineteen hundred, two thousand dollars. Yeah, it was, well, he got a good I'm deal sure. on it. He bought it for like a thousand bucks, and I was like, "Dude, go ahead and buy it because no one's gonna tune an LT one car in your area right now." You know, no one, no one really likes to. At least that's what I'm saying. Really, they got three options for the LT, and two of them are mail order. So right, right. You're, unless you're gonna drive all the way to San Antonio and let Mo tune it, you're really kind of. I will. I don't think Daniel Raff tunes them either, and uh, Pro Tree he just dinos, but. Um, just just finding somebody just that knows what they are and knows how to work on them, even though it's just a small bug Chevy with a weird uh, ignition system. Just finding somebody that even wants to fuck with them is so hard nowadays. Like it's easier just to get an LS. Don't even. My advice to whoever listens to this podcast: don't get an LT unless it's free. If it's free, then go for it. Yeah. But if you gotta pay for it, like, <laughs> don't please. Please, don't. yeah, just don't. I mean, they make good motors. I've we've actually uh. Me and my dad actually put a uh, a small block Chevy manifold on the LT. You could just throw it out the heads and then put a distributor on the back of yeah. one one time. It worked out. It ran good. A little three. Yeah. Three. They're not bad, man. I mean, they, they, they make okay heads. power. I mean, you're talking. They, no, they don't. When you're talking about a stock LT, LS, like the horsepower difference isn't great. But when you start doing stuff to them, the, the gains you get from the LS are going to be. Exponentially better, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. And it's not even more expensive. Like, I mean, I've seen Z28s and, and formulas and Trans Ams like, with LSs for sale for between, you know, 3500 and 5000 in regular condition or slightly damaged. And then we're talking about LTs. People are damn near giving away like, $1,000, $1,500, $2,000. Like, trans, opting failed, like something or something else. Like, oh my God, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> right it's not it's not even like i would say it's worth it i've fucked up some ls cars i've fucked them up really that's because i'm a good driver and the hell yeah so i mean it's up to it's I mean, beauty's in the eye of the holder damn he just got level beauty's in the eye of the holder man i mean i've had this car for 10 years so i can't see me getting rid of it i'm just gonna tweak it and when i blow it up or 
get pissed off, I just sell it or I'll, not sell it, but I'll just swap it, put a six zero in, put right. a five seven or five three, and just I'm really, it. You know, uh, you know who Ray Hinton is. I'm really impressed what he's done with his LT car. And my boy Ray, shout out to Ray, man. I've yeah, gone track a couple of times. So he, yeah, he brought me an alternator, man, in in this one after I went to the track and my my car would not charge the battery, so I literally slept at the quick trip. Uh, off of 45 and then it's and the next morning he brought me a fucking alternator. Wow. That's my guy right Shout there. out Ray, dude. That's awesome. Shout out to Ray Hinton, man. I know he might not even listen to this, but that's my bro right there, man. Yeah. He, um, he's gave me parts. When he helped me diagnose some shit and helped me get my car in a lot better running condition. He's got a badass shop. Um, he's uh, taking some time. I appreciate that for sure. Yeah, he's he's cool. I'm really, uh, I was really impressed with what he ran. He went to the uh, LT, what was that? The, yeah. Bowling Green LTA. Uh, he went uh seven what seven fifty one at air at, at altitude. So you know the sea level, it's a seven twenty car. So that's, that's impressive. Uh, when the weather when the weather cools off, and he's gonna go take the the bolt on record. Yeah, um, there's nothing done to the car except weight reduction. And he's got a um, a different computer on his running coil packs. But as far as as far as cars like LT cars that are impressive, that's one of the one of the ones right there. It's um. It's a tin can for damn sure, but that thing it runs great. Yeah. Um. What about the the Jonathan Atkins guy? He 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 goes pretty fucking quick too. That's the world's most famous LT, and he's bringing it back. It's the the world's first. I think it's the fastest GM H pattern car. The fourth fastest H pattern GM car. Yeah. Faster all the vets, faster all the LA. I think he's running seven twenties now, or seven. I think a seven twenty three or seven. Yeah. Damn. With the tick, about uh, cool <laughs> version of the yeah, bro. With the tick version of um the T fifty six, I think it, it, he deleted fifth and sixth gear and just made it a, a one through four car, and it rips. One, yeah, he, he one nineteen a, or one eight. He put a locker style clutch on it. He said if you can get it down like the one thirteens, one fourteen range, and sixty foot, you better watch the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, he put a bigger turbo on it. Like, it's going to fly, man. Like, I think he was looking forward to World Cup so he could really let it rip through the, through the quarter with a track. I mean, I mean, man, when these when these stick shift guys figure out radials, I think they're really going to they're really gonna start flying. Like, a lot of these stick shifts are still running slicks, and the radial is just a – it's a better tire. Like, even a pro bracket, like, it's a better tire. So, right, I mean, you just got to figure out how to get the car to expand right on it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. I, I've seen some guys uh, out out in uh, North Carolina try it, and their cars leave so good on radio. Like I can't imagine them ever going back to sleep. So, like, if you're on a track that has glue on it, and you have a stick car, and you can figure out how to how to plant a radial, it's gonna go faster. That's for sure. It's just a matter of having the suspension worked out so you can actually manage it. But man, I, I love watching that that car go down the track, man. It's for a, a three hundred, I think it's a three hundred twenty nine cubic inch LT. I don't know if he swapped it or whatever, but it was. Oh, they de it. Yeah, he destroked it. Wow, huh? I didn't know that. Trickle I mean, it's it's a bad piece, dude. For for it to be quicker than all the other LS and L Gen five LT cars out there, that's very very impressive. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That is insane. I think there's only one H pattern car that's quicker than him in the world. That's uh, Joel with Orange Super. We're running like 690s or something, but he's not that far ahead of him. 
Wow. And that's even more impressive. He's doing that with a 183 cubic inch motor. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's... turbos to the front. Yeah, turbo cars are definitely, they've definitely, I don't know, you don't you don't see a lot of streetcar guys putting superchargers on anymore. It's all pro charger and turbo stuff. Nitrous. Yeah, I mean, a big roots blower, like, uh, no, too, they get too hot. <laughs> yeah, they don't, I don't know. Like packaging wise, if you want to keep like a relatively low profile hood, unless you're like Cleus McFarlane, it's like sticking out the top, you can't even see over them or something. Damn, home invasion over there, home invasion. Right. Um, who's else I was going to ask you? Oh, yeah. Uh, have you messed with any direct injected stuff ever? As far as cylinder um, Not yet, actually. I, um, I think Darren said is really don't even mess with the LT1 stuff. Go straight for the LT4 stuff. Um, but I'm out here doing CNC programs for him, but he's really not a fan of direct injection. I don't know why. I don't recall why he said that, but we, while he was there and I was at Rare, we didn't, we didn't port any LT1 stuff. Right. Well, I he posted a picture. It was I don't know, maybe a couple of months or maybe even a year ago back. He posted a picture of a valve that was from a direct injected car. It only had like fifteen thousand miles on it, and it looked fucking caked with carbon. Up, dude, it's bad, man. It was like, that's a, that's not. You know where the best injector placement is, right? Have you heard of this? Everything we're actually doing it wrong. And that's I'm, that's not any slight to anybody, obviously. I'm. I'm not the smartest guy. Like, I really don't know that much. But I do know that the most powerful engines per cubic inch are in F1. And their injector placement doesn't look like their induction system. Like how, right. How their, their, their whole, the whole top-end program doesn't look anything like anything in drag racing. And the closest thing to it right now, coincidentally, is the Coyote. But even the Coyote is a compromise because of hood clearance. That intake probably wouldn't look like that, and the injector placement probably wouldn't be there if in the correct spot. And yeah, injector placement has a lot to do with it. Um, one time, like uh, a crew member on my dad's top fuel car put the injector in upside down, and it it uh it fucking picked up, it picked up mile per hour and everything, and then so they started that they started running them upside down like that, and they just they kept hauling ass with them. It's weird. Like a mistake yeah. found horsepower. <laughs> it was like, holy shit. That's really how it happens a lot of times, man. A lot of these a lot of these guys, man, they just get lucky and they end up finding something and they try to keep it themselves, but people talk a lot. So you're only gonna be able to keep it to yourself oh, yeah. for so long. So um if you could the move the further up you move the injector, you get that cooling effect. That's why carburetors make more power typically, or you'll put a carb on a car that has EFI and you'll pick up power because it's off the entire intake, right? So, so that actually has time to cool cool the the, the charge down, and then yeah, it's uh, it depends on atomization fuel, right? It's it's an interesting concept, and you're seeing a lot of these guys now. You're seeing some of these guys, these companies like Holly, they're making like kind of like EFI carb lookalikes where the fuel is coming in at the top, making really good power flows. So. Um, right, I'm. 
I'm a fan of uh, like Ben Strader. He he played, he does a lot of the the Holly stuff, and uh, he makes them run pretty good too. The the EFI University dude. Mhm. Yeah, he, he they have a lot. Of, he pushed the nice LS piece. to like eleven eleven thousand seven hundred, I think, RPM. I want to go take one of their classes one day, man. It's, I want to learn EFI a lot more. I feel like more concept down, but there's always more to learn. I want to go take the Holly class so bad just to start tuning Holly EFI and installation, learning right. how all the sensors work and all that. There's so much to learn. It's, oh, it's so... oh, what happened? Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm watching the stream. It's uh, that uh, American flag blazer. Look like you gonna smack that wall, Harry. Uh, good driving job. You saved it. Wow. What um, What are they running right now? What class they in? They are in Pro Two Seventy Five qualifying session number six. So the week of duck continues. I can't believe these guys are gonna put this many runs in the car. I don't. I don't think. I don't think there was testing before this event. There might have been, but I don't think there's testing before Sweet Sixteen because. Qualifying runs there are, and the strategy that goes into play with how guys are going to go about it and what runs they're going to make and everything. But they're going to roll right from this tomorrow after elimination is over. Parking for No Mercy begins on Tuesday, and then they're going to run. Oh no shit! Test. Yeah, they're going to start testing for No Mercy on I think Wednesday, maybe Tuesday. I think Wednesday, and they're going to run that race all. Until it's completion, so you're talking about some of these guys. They might make thirty runs in that. Thirty runs at least. That might be over exaggeration. Let's say, let's say you go around. So you're talking about seven runs of qualifying, and then if you win the race, sixteen cars. You're talking about another four runs, and then you're talking about. I don't think you're going to need any testing on one Monday. Tuesday, Thursday, but you might, so you need to do other four runs. Then you do four runs or five runs of qualifying. Then you go through that 32 car field. Like that's over 20 runs. Right. They're gonna get some good data though, that's for damn sure. I mean, some of these guys, um I don't know what, what they're gonna do, man. I I like to think that it's a Drag racing is going in the right direction. That's an interesting way to stack your race. I don't, I don't know that anybody's ever done that at one track. That being said, the Great American Million is going on. We're in Memphis right now. How many runs are those guys yeah. going to have? A lot. Like They just got back from the Million, too, didn't they? Yeah, they I think there was just one. one. Yeah, there was just one not too long ago. So some of these guys, they go around Monday, Tuesday. They're having a shootout every day. I don't know if it's just one shootout or if it's multiple, but they're talking about a 40K on Monday, 40K on Tuesday, 80K on Wednesday, uh, like 100K on, on Thursday, and all these giveaways. And like, It's a really interesting race. I would love to go check one of these out. I don't know if I can last at the track seven days, though. <laughs> Dude, you'd be tired by the second day. <laughs> if, I think if you're racing, it's different. But if you're just a spectator, that's really tough, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, racing it is, is a different game, different animal completely, like, you're dedicated to that, whatever you know, whatever you're doing with it. But spectating, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> Hello.
Can you hear me? Hello? Zach, Zach, Zach. Yeah, I can hear you now. I'm good. I wonder if my screen uh, locking out has anything to do with it. I got it up now. Um, it might. I, don't but know. I will ask Wednesday morning until Saturday morning at Lights Out 8. And I just, I had to go, dude. I couldn't do anymore. I, and the race really hadn't even started. I think they did one round of radio versus. I just had to go, dude. I was so tired. It was just out of gas. I don't know how this guy did it, man. I, I, I don't know. I just I can't believe they have that many qualifying sessions. It, that seems insane to me. But well, what, for no testing, I think it actually works out because there's some strategy involved. A lot of these guys aren't running every session. Right. They get to pick and choose, okay, what what's going to be the best condition for my car, you know? Yeah, like, and the air hasn't been any better than 2,200 feet the whole time. And that's like at the very end of the night. It's in, you have to deal with the dew point and 93, 95% humidity. That's not necessarily the best for making runs and making power either. Obviously, the air temp cools off, the track temp cools off. But it's just, it's strategy, man. Like, I, I mean, some guys are running their best runs in the morning or in the early session. Some are running their best runs closer to midnight. So it's just, it's like a mouse game. Like, it's, I mean, I'm a big David Reese fan. I, right. It's cool to be small block at the front. Then you gotta you gotta get your your race day set up. You know, you can't just be all three fifty, three sixty yeah. every fucking pass. You know, you gotta. I mean, unless that's you where. Yeah, even him though. He's he's. I wouldn't say he's struggling, but he's um. He has to race the conditions and the track like everybody else. The guy in the other lane is kind of. I wouldn't say irrelevant. But you can only do what the track's gonna allow you to do. So, I mean, dude, D- David Reese threw a fucking mind shot of a run earlier, three fifty three. Damn, uh, that's that's probably as good as the conditions would allow. I would. I mean, Luis got that eight ninety two sixty foot last night, but it doesn't seem like anybody else has been able to duplicate that. A lot of guys are zipping the tires, but they got it. But dude, Luis, man, they got a bracket car from Fuel Tech Dyno to the seat and. It's just printing tickets, man. Like 61, 60, 60, 60, and another 61. That, That's – you, you know put I mean? that in a bracket race and probably win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his runs are all – I think all of his runs are within 100 or 100 and a half. So that's really good for a That just gives you confidence as a driver too. Exactly. I mean, he only really had one monster wheel stand, and that was on the, the A92 pass. So, I mean, he – he really is doing his thing, man. For somebody that's not been in a high level race car, they've really given him a great car to go out and really give it a shot. Whose car is, is it? Think, is, who owns it? I'm not sure whose car it is. It's the only nitrous car out there with a blower hat on it. So that's that's unique. I'm not sure whose car it is, though. Hmm. It's got a blower hat on it? It has a blower hat on it. That's cool. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's just different. People probably think it's a blown car, but it's it's a nitrous car with a blower hat and zoomies on. Hmm. Oh, I'm not a fan of the zoomies. <laughs> bullhorns for mean, life. I like, see, I don't even like the bullhorns. I like the exhaust underneath, but I mean, I'm room or that's not how you want to do it. I understand. But I've always been a fan of the traditional style header, just blowing flames onto the track, big flames under the car. I could see how that would be detrimental if you got a lot of wiring under there. You might start burning shit up. You're right. A lot of two centers going to be going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my dad's got blue ones on his car. I mean, it's not a bad thing. 
up right and you start seeing those huge flames coming out it's it's cool I'm, initially that's the thing about that though that's not why david reese i'm not correct not why david wolf put them on his car he did it for downforce and he right. said they actually x amount of you know thrust and actually gave him legit downforce in the front of the car but not everybody got that number one i don't think people are just doing it because it looks cool Right. Well, I mean, that's why that's like the funny car guys. That's they laid back the headers and they couldn't drive them because <laughs> of that the, the thrust and the downforce. Um. Yeah, it, and it worked. I don't know who was the first one that did that, but they started running like monster mile per hour. Like, Ooh, what could it do? Jimmy Proc. Ah, of course. Yeah, Jimmy Proc did it with Beckman, and he went like three ninety two in Sonoma one year, and everyone else was running like. 398s, 399s, and he just comes out and runs 392, and you're like, holy shit, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Of course, they tech, take your eyes to tech when you see you. Yeah, and of course, in HRA, the no fun, no fun league, they had to right. they, 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 they think about nature. I think they've really screwed up professional draggers. Like, if nobody else is going to say it, I'll say it. I think they've screwed up professional draggers. 100% they have. They've, uh, They've taken away, not the fun of it, but, like, man, you remember back in the days when, like, you could actually get a good sponsorship that everyone recognized as, like, a brand name? You had Coors, you had Miller Lite, you had Bud Light, you had McDonald's, you had all these sponsorships that actually people knew and recognized. And now they turned away a lot of the sponsorships, and it's 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 crazy. What do you think that is? Do you think it's you think it's because of the cost? Do you think it's because of the lack of track time? Do you think it's the the, the return on investment? What do you think it is? You think it's the, it's not can't be the NHRA themselves. No, I mean, well, you you can't get a really a good return on your investment when you're spending five million dollars a year to run a nitro car when you only maybe get a return of a million, maybe, maybe, if that, yeah, like. I don't know, man. I think something that Dave told me that I took to heart. The NHRA hasn't been the same since they stopped allowing wheel stand. Since they stopped allowing the pro guys to sell T-shirts at the track, I'm not sure oh, if when, your pop has told it, you. That's how my dad ran that. the Nitro Fish Funny Card in, in 01 was they sold T-shirts and made their money. And then yep. the NHRA was like, hey, we want a cut of that. We want 15% of your T-shirt sales, and you have to go through Main Gate. Yeah, and they, they came out with the nitro Yeah. Right. But I remember yeah, you gotta pay to get in. You gotta pay to get in. You gotta pay for any other hospitality. You got to you don't even get tickets anymore. Like you used to get six tickets per car. Now I saw a post the other day where Courtney Anders was like, Hey, we need tickets for the for the for our teams for the Dallas race. And I was like, they can't even get tickets for their own teams? Even though they're funding six pro stock cars, it's nuts. NHRA is all about profit for the executives. They don't even care if their tracks make money. It doesn't seem like to me. Obviously, I'm not on the inside. This is something that I'm watching from the outside. It doesn't seem like they actually care if even their championship winning teams are successful. You got Tony Schumacher, who's won what 70 something races at what seven championships, and they didn't help this guy find a sponsor. Right. He's one of the heroes of the world. Why is he sitting on the sideline? He shouldn't have been on the sideline for one race. 
Maybe he shouldn't have had to fund it out of his own pocket. It's a it's a bad investment to me. Right, because Schumacher's dying ain't gonna fund it out of his own pocket for sure. They need to find a way to get these costs down so they can get more cars, and more sponsors in the class. Like right now, if it, I mean, like the number I heard was four million dollars to run a car, and I'm sure that's if everything goes well. I'm sure blowing shit up. Four million dollars to run a car, uh, and over half least. of that. Yeah, over half of that is crew members. Now you have to peel that back. Why do you have to have so many crew members? Because they blow them shits up. Yeah, so they're running them on the ragged edge. Every, they get, I think they get three runs now on a crankshaft. If you're lucky, three runs. Where mm-hmm. like, when my dad was carries, it was twenty. That's not what I heard. I if you if everything goes well, what my guy that works for DSR said is you get thirteen runs max. So. Mm-hmm. That's that's not hurting pushing it. That's pushing it. That's that's the end of its life cycle and it's going in the trash. So it's probably going to get replaced before that. If you see anything, right? He's the bottom end guy on Hagen, so he he's seeing it at the highest level for me right now. So he's my eyes in the sport. Um, and he, I mean, he's really good at his job, and he's told me some stuff about the team that I can't even repeat. Like, there's some real shit going on in NHRA right now, and there those guys cutting purses. They could give a fuck less. I know that Coke stiffed them out of the money. Right. I know that that messed stuff up for them, but I mean. But when you're higher it up, is you're making it's over a million and a half dollars a year. Uh, something's wrong there. When you cut the purse from from 50 grand a win to 15, like. Yeah, like when you look at the other sports, like even you just look at the TV deal. Any trade has to pay to be on TV? Are you kidding me? Is that what's happening? Like, is that what you heard too? Like, oh yeah, they, they have, have to, to pay at least on three TV? million to to be on Fox, which they used to have to okay. pay ESPN too as well. To use too. Okay, so that's the problem right there. That's the part that we have to overcome. Like every other motorsport that's on TV is well, every other major motorsport. But if you say there's a big four, I guess you could say the big four and talk about F1, NASCAR, Indy, and drag racing. If you were to look up like auto racing, those are that's probably how it'd be listed in that way. Right. I don't think F one at any point has to pay to be on TV. No, you know for sure NASCAR and Indy don't. don't. No, NASCAR don't. They 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 pay their own. Uh, Fox and NBC pays their own shit. You know, I don't know how big their deal is, yeah. but I know F one just just got like a what was it two hundred million dollar deal or something. Yeah, literally the the sport. The, the racing organization that comes on right before NHRA is being paid to be on TV. And then the next telecast that comes on is NHRA, and they're having to pay to be on TV. It's like, it's sad. It's, we we got to fix that. Like, if we're negotiating, we got we just got our ass kicked in negotiation. And then they just extended the deal. Like, I don't see the, the win in this deal. This is not a win. You look at why purses are so low, you can start there. Don't even look at the Coke deal. Don't look at none of the Coke deal. Don't look at the Coca-Cola deal. Don't look at NHRA executives. Look at whoever negotiated that deal and slap the shit out of it. Because right now, you got guys that are straight making more than our top fuel drags for the funny car and pro stock drivers are. Street racing. Yep. Cash days. Getting That's it on. Big. No prep guys. Yeah, you're talking about no prep guys making 100 k in one day. One day. One day of racing. Get, yeah, you can't get the NHRA purses up to 100K after all this time. NHRA's been around since the 50s. 
You can't mm-hmm. get the payout to 100k, bro. Meanwhile, you go on Discovery Channel and you can make fucking buku money and enough enough for them guys to start building pretty much legal pro mod fucking cars. And I then, mean, even you can take a step back before that. You're talking about bracket guys at the Great American Million right now. Yep. Right now. Like, even with the split, Jeff Verde made 600 grand in, in a fucking Pontiac Firebird they towed in on an open trailer. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fucking awesome to me. But the top fuel world champion after 24 races makes $500,000 in a normal season. Yep. That's, that's 20 <laughs> races. That's after all the travel, all the engine rebuilding or pulling and short block swapping, blowers blowing up, $500,000. And it's it's a, it's pretty much 100 k a weekend, no matter what, you know, at least. No matter what. Just to, just to get there, run the car, pay yeah. everybody, gas. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, you're right. It's 100 k just, just to run the car. Nothing happens. Just to run it and not blow it up. Right. And you know shit's going to go wrong when you're trying to run it on the ragged edge like that every pass. I mean, they can. that's what. That's one of the reasons they can barely fill people in the field. You're talking about when, when was the last time in a nitro car, a, a single car team that didn't have a major sponsor won the championship? Who? Who? Um, Man, you got to go way back. You gotta go back to the, I mean, maybe Dick LaHaye in the eighties, <laughs> maybe. Dick LaHaye had Miller Lite. Hey, that's true, he did, huh? Um, he was, Larson, uh, he was, maybe, maybe Larson. Uh, Century, probably. I wouldn't call that a major sponsor, but yeah, single car team, resources from Joe, and I mean, and he did the best he could do. I mean, Eddie Hill had Penzo, but I don't think Penzo really paid him that much, though. So. Yeah, I mean, he had a deal. For the time, it was enough money to get by. But, I mean, they, I mean, and they were still popping shit left and right. You got to really go back to, like, the early 80s. Like, I know in Pro Stocker, Morrison didn't have a major sponsorship on the first few deals. They paid for their stuff from motor sales. But you go after that, I mean, Bob, and then WJ, and then Jim Yates, and then WJ some more, and then Jack, major, major, major back, and even in Pro Stock, where they just priced the little guy out right now. Can't even imagine like Terry Millen getting a win. That's awesome. Like, regular, regular guy. I mean, nitro car. That's a little. And yeah, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't happen often enough. And if you're not a shoemaker or, or a little car, you're probably not going to win a race. Like, no, like Torrance. Torrance has his own funding, so you know. Yeah, Echoes. They're footing the bills, and they're not. They're not like part either, so they're really. They're, I mean, it still costs a lot to win these cars, but I mean, they're doing the best they can with what they got, and they they got plenty of money. But if you're not a millionaire, like at the highest level, and that's the problem. Even pro stock bike is like, damn, it's really expensive. Pro mod, it's really expensive. Your pro mod's getting out of control now. It's something I always wanted to do, and I just can't see it being a feasible possibility. Like Stevie, without that chic money, he's probably not pro mod racing right now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's no way. Um, like, like, that that close. Back, a lot of yeah. What about Ricky? Yeah, if, if Ricky, I mean, I don't know if he he who, 
If who funds his car? I think a Sheik, right? No, nah, he's got IDG as a sponsor. I'm not sure. I think that's one of his his friends from from North Carolina. I'm not exactly sure how that deal works out, but he gets a new car every year, so you know it's not hurting for money. Oh, okay. okay. Like, wow. I mean, if he hadn't done what he did with the turbo car this year, he probably would be. Was that last year? If he hadn't missed the turbo car last year, he probably would have been right there for the championship again. I wonder why he you did know. that. Because they have an advantage, man. Well, they did at the time. It, it doesn't seem like it anymore. But at the time, they really had a pretty monumental advantage. And at least in the in the winter months, they just they sprint numbers, crazy ass numbers. But in the summer, that's where Ricky would always make a push because obviously nitrous cars bring their own oxygen for So, yo, yo, didn't he run like two fifty two last week or two fifty three mile per hour wise? Uh, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's there. Yeah, he I don't know. If he's got a nine, I don't know if he's got a nine fifty nine or if he's still running the nine hundred three. I think he said he went nine fifty nine. So that's gonna guys, most guys can switch to that bigger motor. Pretty sure. Well, you say most guys. How many nitrous guys run in HRA? Only two. Uh, two, maybe three. Three or four. Yeah. yeah. Bob is Bob Ram still running? If he is, he's not winning. If he's right. even qualifying. Mm, so you got Richard I don't know. Smith and I, is Belushi still there? No. Uh, I think Jeffrey Barker is one, and Chad Green oh, is the other. So you got three. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I should think uh, all three. Of them Stevie's, Stevie's car, right? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's Stevie's car. I think he has the uh the leftover Bahrain one car. So I don't know if it was Stevie's car or whose car it was, but yeah, he's. I mean, it runs. I think it's got a nine hundred three in it. I think it's it's. Barker can, can he can tune and race a car, so he's he's no slouch. Right, I, I think, think he went sixty six, right? Did he go five sixty six in testing earlier this year? I don't know. I, I, as much as I try to keep up with it, I, it's, there's so much going on right now. It's kind of information overload. There's so much happening in drag racing. For a sport that has very little money coming in, there's so much going on in drag racing. All the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. I love it. Almost <laughs> everybody that races ends up drag racing losing money. Unless you're doing small tire no prep, or you're on street outlaws or no prep kings in some way, shape, or form, or bracket racing, you're not making any money. No, there's no way. Not in the professional ranks. <laughs> Impossible. No, it's not possible. Like all these radio guys out there making all these passes. Like, I mean, if you hurt one thing, dude, like, and you torch a head, and you don't have a spec, you really could be out five, six, seven thousand dollars just that quick if you didn't hurt the motor. Like, right. That's just if the, the heads you win. <laughs> yeah. And the odd, let, if one lets go, then you tear up everything. And you have a backup motor, you put it in, and you don't win the race, you just lost. Like, Forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars to race at this event that pays twenty thousand to win, thirty thousand to win, and only one guy can win. Mm-hmm. So guys are really getting fucked. Whereas NASCAR, no, even well, I guess I can't use the highest level because these guys aren't pros. But like the trucks or uh, Xfinity, or you're talking uh, the K and N, like they're they're not making bad yeah. money, man. It, 10th place, 15th place, they're not doing bad. Right. 
I know, like, in, if you get 43rd place in the Daytona 500, you still get 250 grand. Yeah, but think about what you're saying. That's like being that's like being a special teams player in a Super Bowl, in a Super Bowl winning team. Like, that's the top of the top. Yeah. Like, there's only 43 cards. Well, first, you got to make the field. But if you make the field in Daytona 500, you really did something. That's impressive. Impressive as hell. <laughs> you gotta have some big power. You gotta have a great crew chief. You gotta have the crew. You gotta have the good horsepower and all that stuff, even though they got plate time. You still gotta have big horsepower. Not big horsepower, but I mean you gotta have enough power to get in the show. You gotta have the right setup. If any of those things is wrong, you're not gonna get in. You're That's true. But like NHRA, it should be similar to that. If you come and you qualify. You should definitely make enough money to go to the next race without a sponsor. Like you should be able to go to an NHRA race completely unsponsored and have a chance. Like right now, what do you think it costs to build a top field dragster? Let's just go straight to the top. What do you think uh, it costs? Cost wise? Okay, so like you a merch car is gonna cost you at least a hundred thousand. Hundred and fifty grand just for the chassis. Yeah. Just the chassis. And then that's no all clutch, the that's no electronics, that no a motor. Million two, probably just for all the tooling. Electronics, motors—you're probably looking at close to a million five, at least. At least, just to go to the track? No way. Yep. What tool are you talking about? Something like Projax and all the all the tools in the trailer, like clutch all that shit. Yeah, truck and trailer, everything. Yeah. You're, you're I mean, you can get a trailer like the Greek, and you can go. You can roll out with a regular yeah. enclosure. Yeah, that's true. You could do that. <laughs> to have a, a a toter, you don't have to have that. I mean, uh, it's probably it's probably up to a million. I'm I'm assuming to race ready, unless you're buying like a car secondhand. You I mean, you're talking about the car being 150 off rip for a brand new car. It's I mean, you don't really see top field drivers out there just for sale. So, yeah, you're talking about buying a new car or maybe getting a used chassis from Schumacher for a hundred. Then you're talking about maybe buying some motors from. If you just started buying parts from Schumacher, like some old stuff. I know for sure it's a half million. Pay all these guys to come help you or get some volunteers that have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Like, you're not going to look at those. I'm saying there's no way you can go out and go out and compete and run three seconds. You're not going to win one round. Probably not even qualify. You're not one round, bro. Unless somebody just grenades it off the starting line and you coast down and a few tires off. You're not going out there with that kind of budget and then going three seventies and expecting the win. There's no way. You know, no, like even these guys that have money, they're just, I mean, like McMillan's a great story, like Rob Palmer and guys, like they don't have a lot of money, like but they're, they don't have a lot of sponsorship money, but they're doing it, but they're definitely not getting rich. I don't expect the people to get rich, but we're talking about football players out here that are like the, the last guy on the roster, like the, 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 the long snapper is making 850K a year. Yeah, <laughs> he just has to pay taxes. So, in the after tax, was he making 500, 550k? So, mm-hmm. like, can you make a half a million drag racing like as the, the last guy in the field? Hell no, hell no, no, especially when they dropped the when they dropped the qualifying money for you used to get 10 grand for qualifying and then they dropped it to like 1500 now, ever since the price, the, the pay drops. Like what? Oh, what? Why does that make sense in your head to go to a race? The thing um, we're gonna have to look forward to is what's gonna happen when COVID's over. What? What is? Is the money gonna go up? Is Camping World gonna try to raise the money up? Because I, I man, mean, I hope so. Like Cruz said, you can't 
you can't account for qualifying money and round win money in your budget. You have to have it already in your budget. So what is mm-hmm. NHRA going to either slow these cars down or put some kind of limitations on them? So not just so they can stop putting the track down, but so the field is has more variation in it. Like the same guys qualify every week. That's because X amount of cars out there because only guys can blow their shit up every week to go for the win. Okay, so take the blowing shit out of the equation. Do you think guys having two short blocks in the trailer would be a deterrent from blowing it up? You think that would slow the field down? You think one fuel pump? You think one mag? What do you think? Well, when my dad was running, he ran he ran a car in one mag one time, and it went in a quarter mile. It went four seventy three at like three sixteen or three twelve, something like that. Which on one mag, yeah, one mag. It went four seventy three, but that's like a that's like a four ten or so, four fifteen in a in a thousand foot. Yeah, that's probably not maxed out. I'm sure with the, the technology advances from then to now, I would be able to pick up a little bit. So you yeah, still you, you could definitely run in the threes. There's no yeah. doubt about it. They yeah. run three eighties still, probably. Yeah, Pro- see, that's, so that's really not slowing it down. So now you got to talk about fuel. So now you're talking about taking putting a spec fuel pump in these fuckers. Whatever they yeah, got, well, they're 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 a, a hundred and twenty gallon pump. Yeah, so give them a sixty. That's what my dad was running was a 60, 60, 68 gallon pump. 70 gallon wow. pump. And they were running a 473 with one mag and a 60 something gas fuel. No, he went 444 with, with the 60, 60 pump. Wow. Yeah, he went 444 with a one and went 376.9. And that was back in 2005. Yeah, they need to do more. More than that. So, I mean, I well, you look have. like even the, the nostalgia cars, they're blowing them up almost every run now. They're putting new pistons in every fucking pack. You can see it at the finish line. Oh, it's fucking dumb. Have we ever considered that? We're racing with the carcinogen nitro fuel? Yeah, that's it's like rocket know, the, fuel. The fuel the fuel's what makes it though. <laughs> I, I mean what when was the last time people were able to make a living doing this? I mean I know t shirt sales have a lot to do with it, but you're not gonna make four million dollars a year on t shirt sales. Right. Probably the fucking the seventies, eighties, maybe. Well, they used to match race every weekend too, you know. Yeah, they had a way more busy schedule, but you just can't with the amount it takes per run for the car. You just show like, who was it? I think somebody said they wouldn't even show up for less than ten thousand dollars. Like the track has to pay them. Right. But then I made a post on Facebook asking if. Two nitro cars came to your local track. Would you make a trip, a normal, a trip that you wouldn't normally make to the track to go see them? And almost everyone said no. So what are we doing here? What the kings of our sport really aren't the kings anymore. I myself would rather watch small tire, small regular guys like me that have a Mustang or a Trans Am or a S10 or Camaro. Yeah, 2810 5s with twin turbos or a Turbo LS or a big block on that. I'd rather see that. 99 times out of line. And the other one time... Bro, I went to... Uh, I went to Texas 2K last year and it packed the fucking house. Yeah. And it was nothing but GTRs, Supras, and all that stuff. And the, the kids, the younger generation, they come out to see it. You know? Yeah. They love all the roll racing and yeah. they call it dig racing, but it, that pisses me off. Like, <laughs> but still. I've been watching Grudge Racing for a long time. 
And I was, um, I didn't go to the track. I mean, Big Jake had his uh, Southern NT Nationals at, at Extreme. I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, the The parking lot was muddy because of recent rain. So they had to limit it to concrete parking only. So the, the, the service road was packed all the way back to the bridge. So many people were trying to get in the track. They had to literally tell people to stop coming to the track, go to park at the local high school, and we'll bust you to the track. Wow, that's that's that awesome. Nuts. Packed to the fucking gills. Extreme Raceway Park had no more room for spectators, like standing. Like the bleachers were full, and it's an eighth mile track. So it's not, you know, the motorplex or it's not Houston Raceway Park, but it was as full as full can be. For this eighth mile drag, so people were standing everywhere, standing damn near on top of each other. This mm-hmm. is That's why I didn't go because of the COVID too. But it doesn't seem like anybody's gotten sick after that. It was so right. fucking hot. Like every pass, they're telling people out the way, get off the wall, get off the starting line because there's literally nowhere else to stand. NHRA that's that's pretty cool though. Where eighth mile track can do that. Yeah, and it's for some grudge cars, man. It's for regular cars. There was not one nitro car in the in, in the event. There was not one pro mod in the event. So it, the fact that I asked well, everybody on my who's face, dropping the ball, you know. <laughs> I think the NHRA needs to revisit how they approach selling drag racing to spectators. Yes, they pack these tracks, but a lot of these tracks, that's all that they have going on there. Like they have that one race. Yeah, Topeka. They got one race. Of course, all those people are going to show up to watch this one damn race. But if Street Outlaws came, I guarantee the spectator they would pack the fucking tracks. It would be just as big, if not higher, because these are regular fucking dudes. Nobody that drives professionally in drag racing is a regular guy. Just like NASCAR, none of those guys are regular guys. You're not regular anymore if it's that that level. And I'm sure, right. A lot of these street autos and stuff, they wouldn't mind driving a nitro car, but if you can't make any money doing it, like, isn't that why you race? You race for the competition and to get paid. You're an entertainer, but most entertainers make a profit at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. A stripper sure. home a lot of profit at the end of the night. <laughs> but she's just an entertainer at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, a singer, you can look at it like a dancer, a singer, an actor, an athlete, a driver. We're all entertainers. Like, every time I hop in my, my Trans Am and go to the track, yes, I'm a competitor, but I realize that there are way more spectators here than competitors. I'm an entertainer. So yep. the jury has lost sight of the entertainment aspect. They're too busy trying to make money. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're making money, but now your entertainers aren't making any money, so they're going to go take their ball and go home. What did the right. they do? Lost, they they, they, they lost focus. Yeah, they stopped. They stopped solo small man teams from selling T-shirts. What kind of greedy ass shit is that? Mm-hmm. What the fuck, you gonna tell me I can't sell T-shirts? The fuck, unless you pay me a twenty percent or 50, I don't even know what it is. It used to be fifteen percent of what you, you fucking made. T-shirt pulling. The yep. fuck out of here! I was told by somebody that's a big fan of JJ the Boss. This motherfucker brings a trailer specifically for merch and sells that bitch out in one day 
How much money do you think that is? One day. 50 grand? Gotta be. Yep, that's what my, my dad used to make 50 grand. He made, they they sold out in uh, in Gainesville, they sold almost $100,000 worth of shirts in a weekend for the Nitro Fish car when they were really popular. And that fucking paid for the weekend. And it shows your sport off because those people are going to wear that shit around their buddies. Mm-hmm. Their buddies can't get those shit anywhere. Well, back in the non-internet days, their buddies couldn't get that shit anywhere because they had to go to the track to get it. So now they got to wait all the way till next year and hope this guy comes back with this cool ass shirt. Yep. For sure. Like, like so JJ and- the boss is coming up here to Wichita Falls Raceway in uh next weekend or so. And I bet they're gonna pack that fucking house to the brim. Bro. He probably rented the track, paid whatever fee it is to rent the track, or he's being paid to show up. And on top of being paid to show up He's going to get probably a cut of whatever the money is for him coming and fuck ton in merch sales. And I heard he charges people to, to let them ride in the car going down the track. Oh, like, really? Larry I didn't know Gibson, that. Larry Gibson, but on a way smaller level. Like, right, but he's I'm not paying a ridiculous $2,000 to ride in the back of his damn nitro car. No fucking chance. But I'll pay <laughs> JJ the boss 200 bucks to ride in. in heifer or, or the fucking truck or whatever like that would be awesome especially if you don't have a car like that's legit bro yeah if yeah, you've never been down a drag strip in a fast car it's like it's game changing for you it might fuck you to go get a car <laughs> you might have to like reevaluate your life after that and want to go racing yeah, I, I like and i like watching murder she wrote but damn racing is awesome like i might go buy me a nova or something like, <laughs> yeah what the sport used to be like all those match racing events that all those guys at Chi Town Hustler and all those guys used to do, and Bob Glitton, like they were fucking heroes. People would like circle that date on their calendar to go to the yeah, track, make sure I'm I'm gonna be there that day, and happen. take my family. Well, yes. Also, speaking of families going to the right to the racetrack, you know how much how expensive it is for a fucking family of four to go to a drag strip. Those tickets gotta be worth forty bucks a piece. No, seventy bucks a piece. Hold on, real quick. Sorry. Yeah, it's at least at least two hundred and eighty bucks for a family of four just to get in, and that's not mentioning hot dogs, beverages. Is that for t-shirt. one day or for the weekend? One day, sixty bucks. A, sixty bucks per person. For NHRA, is sixty bucks a ticket. Yep. Oh, I'm. Oh no. A whole weekend yeah. at a grudge event. That's Friday and Saturday for two days of, of door slammer action at a grudge event. And that's one day at NHRA. Like, I don't even want to watch most of the cars going down the track. Right. <laughs> it's it's nuts, like, how expensive it has gotten for just to take a normal family of four to go yeah, to your, for your kids to go watch a, a drag race. It's for NHRA level. I'd rather much spend the 30 bucks. You know, I've only been to all nationals twice, and both times at my ticket for free. So I've never paid nearly a dollar. <laughs> well, it's, I, don't uh, that's a, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I've given them a lot of money by watching TV shows. Uh, I don't know what that amounts to, but I ain't paying them sixty dollars a day. They can can that. Yeah, it's nuts. It's it's. And that's what that's what I think. Like just to get in for four, like a family of four. Yep. 
And then, bro, you got to think, okay, you kids get hungry. You can't bring in no fucking cooler in the track no, anymore. The motorplex, bro, and a hot dog would be like seven bucks for a bare ass. Drink hot is dog. like four or five, yeah. They might charge you yeah, for a fucking ketchup them, too. The extreme a Gatorade is four dollars on Steve. I That's thought they insane. were smoking. Crack. I was smoking crack. Ain't no way. <laughs> And it's not even a big gator. It's not even that's like a gallon at Walmart. What are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, it's a little Gatorade, the little bottle. A little, little bitty bitch. Like, that's two gulps. I don't have time for that. No, and, I'm still thirsty because it's it's they're running the it's it's hot outside. It's hundred you know, degrees. A burger, <laughs> a burger with lettuce, tomatoes, onions, and pickles, no fries, no drinks, six dollars. Like, nah, six bucks. Well, that's extreme. I don't know how much it is like NHRA shit. But like the food bucks, is yeah. good. Like fuck you mean i might as well just eat before i come and just suffer right it's hot to fuck up there there's no shade like damn bro. good luck if you drink a beer <laughs> oh man you're gonna die out there like well good well in this it's the fall nationals for a reason because they don't really know why. But if you go during the day even in october it might fuck around and be 90 degrees so it will be <laughs> yeah bro, it, was it, was it was 100 degrees hey. today in Texas? Yeah, it was fucking hot. Bullshit, today, bro. bro. Oh my god, I'm so glad I left, bro. <laughs> Dude, it was hot as shit today. It was like, motherfucker, it's October. Yeah, bro, it's like in the 50s outside here. No shit. How you Not liking it up there? Um, it's quiet here. South Carolina's awesome, man. I can't wait until I haven't been to any of the tracks yet, but you know that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm ready to go. Ready to go mix it up with these guys. I'm gonna be I'm only Texas to know, you up in old Scotty Cannon's area. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm sure I'm not that far from him. That was awesome to get to meet him at Lights Out 8, man. Like, to take a picture with him, man. That's my heroes right there. Scotty's he a good dude, man. My dad tuned his first uh, funny card. Man, he, he's awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a good dude right there, man. Yeah. One of the baddest awesome. pro-mod racers. Probably, man, he's If he's there was there. a pro-mod Mount Rushmore, he's on it for sure. For sure. First, him, Shannon him. Jenkins. Yep, Tommy Mooney, like, I mean, Stevie might be up there one day, but I don't think Pro Mod is his ultimate goal. I think if I think he, he wants to go fuel Rain racing. One, yeah, if he can get Bahrain one to pay for it, he doesn't have to come out of pocket, he's probably going to be fuel racing in the next two years, if I had to guess. It's I cool to five. see him run an alcohol funny car, too, in the Midwest stuff. Which, hey, dude, they're paying pretty good money for the alcohol cars to show up. That's not bad, man. I mean, they, I mean Keith Haney knows what he's doing as far as getting sponsors and stuff. And he, that dude paid man i didn't know he owned so many dealerships that dude's fucking paid bro yo he owns dealerships is that what he is i didn't know that he owns like eight car dealerships dude oh fuck <laughs> you got getting that big bread man yeah that's not he was the only person when i worked with him more got his heads back the same day oh really <laughs> yeah he had a guy waiting for them hoes he paid like before they even got there the heads came and we did whatever we did to fix them, boom, 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 weld them up, clean them up, valve job, boom, 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 boom. Right back out the door three hours later. Nobody else is paying for that that rush service. I put everything else I was doing in the back burner and stood his shit right to the front. That was crazy. Wow. How um yeah. Damn how cool was it to let to sit back and learn right behind Darren Morgan? I mean that Man. that is must have been awesome. Because that's one wow. smart motherfucker. Man, Darren knows what he's doing, man. He's um, 
I wouldn't say he's in a better place, but he has an opportunity to do some great, great things. He's still young, too. I think he's only 53, so he's still got a lot of court and grind and thinking left hand. But I really didn't know a lot about racing in general, but about cylinder heads, I had an idea, but I really didn't know until like he has a whiteboard in there, right next to the door to go in the footer room, right in the headroom. So I would ask a question, he'd be like, All right, come here. And he would start drawing shit out on the whiteboard. And he's like, What the fuck is he talking about? Like, what is, what is that? And he explained it and he dumbed it down. And then the next iteration of that was when he had courting classes. So then I got to watch him teach other people the things that I had been grinding on. And I have to watch those people try to evolve through their knowledge path in two days, whereas I had, you know, 40 hours a week to learn from him. So wow. watching him teach other people and them take it, and I put their stuff on the flow bench and flow it, and we see if they made improvements with what they did. It was awesome to watch that. If, I, if you want to learn about cylinder heads, I would definitely recommend you taking that courting class. Yeah, I've always wanted to, but, you know, I've uh, I've listened to a bunch of the podcasts that Darren's on, and man, he just he he explains stuff so well that even the common man. Is he on, I, I know he was on the the um the one with Scott. Is he on others? He did the one with Scott, and then he did one with um, Power and Speed podcast. With, yeah, I heard uh, that one. Yeah, he actually referenced me in that. <laughs> yeah, he did. He he said your name. He shouted you out on it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I uh, I still feel like I'm a champ, but. It really I'm a chimp that knows how to blend pro my heads. So, <laughs> that's something. That's really cool because he like, it's cool to hear his story and how he came up with his dad racing um, back in the days or stepdad, Kip. Yeah, and then, his dad and his stepdad, man, like they're both were in racing, so he got it two times instead of just one time. Like, right. Can't get any better than that because he like for his dad to have a flow bench and him be 17, 18 years old and say, here, go at it. I don't want to use that shit. I'm like, you can't. Like, what a birthday present. What a present that is. Like, <laughs> they get the, yeah, they get the R&D all this like, shit. Yeah, and he said the first set of heads he, he ground on lost like 50 horsepower. So he got literally trial by fire if there was ever one because he got to see how he could fuck it up just that quick. Just flow numbers aren't everything. It's it's really part of the equation. I, a lot, I a lot of people... Before. A lot of people think flow numbers are the, the gift to, to everything. And and um, I've been reading about them, and they're not. It's all about the airspeed. Well, think about what you're looking at. Think about the engine as it's operating. You have flow by hundred thousands of, of lift. So how long is your head at max lift? Do you even reach not, the max Not very much. Yeah, you're in the middle. It's way more than you are at, at max lift. That's for damn sure. I could explain it so many ways, bro. It's like it's like a Coke bottle. Turn a Coke bottle upside down and cut the cut the bottom of it off, which now is the top, and start pouring water in it as fast as you. That's the intake manifold filling the runner of the head, but the valve at the bottom is still the. If you have a Coke, mm-hmm. a plastic sixteen bottle. Versus a plastic 16-ounce Gatorade bottle, which one is going to dump more liquid out the bottle? It's the Gatorade bottle. Because Gatorade right. have those huge outcomes. That's a runner into an intake valve. That's as simple as people don't understand that. If you that's, have a head that's a that great analogy. Huge, yeah, you got this head that has a huge port. You can only do with that what the valve allows you to do. And mm-hmm. then 
you have to hold the valve open to the appropriate time and at the appropriate time to get that cylinder filled so you have that you've utilized that port. That's where air comes in. You got this monster port and this monster valve, and it doesn't it doesn't have any airspeed. It's just the air is just uh, flopping through there. You're not gonna make any power, man. It's gonna it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt it because it chokes it. Well, it's not choking it at all. It's doing the opposite of choking it. It's not you don't have any pressure of pushing the air into the cylinder. Oh, I got you. Got you. It's just kind of moseying its way in there. But when you have a little bit smaller port, even with that same valve, you're getting that that pressure in there to right. force that into that hole. Like it's it makes it makes a lot of sense. Like that Gatorade bottle, if you take that Gatorade bottle and now you make it a paper towel, empty paper towel roll, that's what you're looking for. Of course, the the valve is going to be, you know, the throat is going to be slightly smaller than the end of that. So you just pinch the, the bottom of it off just a little bit. When you blow through that paper towel roll, it's going to be a real smooth sound going there. That's what a tuned port looks like. You can't have a whole, and if you pinch it in the middle, it's going to fuck it up. Like, right. You don't understand that, man. That's, it's, it's so, it's, it's the little things, man. Like just hogging a port out. It's not always the answer. No, because you could you could fuck it up detrimentally. Yeah, some guys go in there and they say, "I got I've got my garage porting job, and I'm about to go make me some horsepower." Like you really might have really fucked your whole racing operation up. You don't know why your partner's like ass compared to your buddy. Well, your buddy took his heads to master to win person or whatever. Fuck, they're doing to grind on them. So. His stuff actually matches. His intake matches his heads, matches his valve, matches the size of the engine. Everything's working in concert. Whereas you just went in there with your grinder and thought you were going to be a hero. You started moving shit around. And now all the ports are all different and these angles are all fucked up and the turns all fucked up. And man, this is gotta be careful with that. Man. Have you have you heard a lot of those stories? I've seen a lot of those stories. Right, that's what I mean. Like, have you seen a lot of those come through the shop and shit? <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say any names, man. But some no, people but... know what they're doing. Man. They just they're just grinding away, and it looks good, so they send it on out the door. And you, as a customer, you know what you're looking at. They can send you any kind of flow sheet, and they can say whatever they want it to say. Right. You just like you can manipulate a dyno. You know For what you sure. can't manipulate? Time slip. Nope. It's funny because I see all these dyno sheets with just like the RPMs on them and stuff. And I'm like, where's the, uh, where's the old torque curve at? And they don't show it. And then you're like, man, you, you, you fudge something with the correction factor for sure. Man, I don't know, man. And then people like, man, racers are funny. Man. Racers just want that big number at the end. But if you got, like, if you got a cylinder head and it just makes peak a big monstrous peak number. I can tell you right now that throat is probably fucked up and it's probably way too big and you're going to have some issues when you start trying to really, like really make power. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have issues. But, but that's something that you, if you're not aware of that, what a throat size is, that's the area right above where the valve sits. So that's the right. The, right where the into, valve sits, the area above that is, is the throat of it. Yeah. The, the, the intake and the exhaust valve. Those the exhaust valve throat 
don't, you can make some moves there, but a lot of people really focus on the intake throw. You can really ruin a head by leaving it too small or having it way too big. It's there's a very fine window. You're talking three thousandths of an inch window of fucking matter irreparable or you're having to take everything out and weld it up and redo it. Wow. Which is the that's an absolute last resort to have to knock seats out and weld up a head. Because most of the heads, like CNC heads, when they come to you, if they're blended, they're probably ready to go. But some people take their CNC heads out and slap them straight on the car. Like, oh no, that's gonna work out well. <laughs> Good luck with that. It's every, uh, every head from Art Rare Morrison is hand blended. That's so, crazy because I see all these. I see a lot of these these people, especially like down in Houston. I live down there. They said, "Oh, I got these CNC heads. They they're worth." And they try to sell them for ten times what they're actually worth, you know. And it, the a lot of people say that you don't need to hand hand grind anymore. But I don't. Know, I still think that. I think that's bullshit. Well, you can get a head really close to CNC if you take the time with it and you have everything right. You can get it damn near to the point where you don't have to touch it. You have to be very minimal touching. But nine over ninety percent of the heads, ninety-five percent of the heads, they're gonna need some kind of hand work from an experienced grinder to go in there. Or an experienced cylinder head guy, experienced induction specialist, whatever you want to call it. Darren called himself an induction R and D specialist because induction is from the bottom of the carburetors all the way to the deck of a head. Like that's that's his zone. Right, and then the other guys in the shop would handle the torque box and everything, like in the carburetors, right, and all that stuff. But the head and the intake really are the stars of the show. You're talking about your windpipe and your lungs. You're not going without that shit. That's if you want an engine, really. So, if your mouth is the air intake or the carb, whatever you want to call it, the the next thing that's happening then. Is your throat slash windpipe and your lungs and your stomach? You're gonna need all that. So you got baby. It all has to work going. together. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened if your lungs were too big. I don't think that'd probably be a problem. But <laughs> um, like, there's a lot of guys out here that they just go in something and they just find the biggest fucking head they can, and they don't always work out, man. They call mast and they get these monster LS threes, these monster LS sevens, and they slap them on their six zero and. It runs like dog shit, and they can't figure out why. You probably should have asked some questions before you just swiped your card and got those monster cylinder heads. Right. They, you see, like, do you see a lot of people putting too big of a port on a on an engine that doesn't need it? Well, it depends on what they're trying to do. You know, guys are racing Lambos. There's not that many people doing their stuff, so. Chances are they're probably going to get it right, like the GTR guys. But you start talking about bracket guys and these backyard mechanics that are they're doing junkyard LS swaps and stuff. They they're trying, but you know, with the internet, there's a lot more data out there, so it's becoming a little less. But you still got guys that are really trying to, when they either don't have the budget or they're buying used parts and slapping them together off marketplace, and it's not working out so great. Right. Be leery of the of the fresh engine sale on marketplace or be very <laughs> Yeah, you would you might if you ever opened it up, you might notice it's not as fresh as you thought it was. 
if you're going to buy a motor and you're not in a hurry, buy it disassembled. So you right. can see for yourself. Don't ever buy I'm not going to say don't ever buy it because there's reputable sellers out there for sure. But if you don't know this person and the price is too good to be true, it definitely is. Don't do it. For sure. 100%. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, all right, Brandon, I'm going to have to get off here. I'm about to have to go to bed. I got up for like, I got to be up at five in the morning. But Damn. Uh, yeah. Thank you for coming on. And I definitely want to have you back on again to, to talk more about motors and shit. I, I love it. It's been fun, though. Yeah, man. I'm glad to be on, man. Um, appreciate the time. Anybody wants to find me, man, hit me up on Facebook. Yeah. Brandon Smith, right? That's me. Well, there's a lot of Brandon Smiths on there, so yeah, just hit up and they'll punch you my way. I got my shit super private, man. Damn it, max out on friends. And I started posting pictures of cylinder heads and stuff, and I started getting 100, 200 firm requests a day. I was like, God damn, <laughs> no gotta, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah, bro. I went from I think 700 friends to 5,000 friends in four weeks or five weeks once I started posting pics and videos and stuff. People love that. I didn't know that people like looking at my work, but I'm honored and flattered. So it's definitely guys needing it's definitely awesome and um are you, are you gonna keep doing mess with tinkering with heads and stuff in south carolina oh yeah for sure man i'm, I'm trying to get a house so i can get a single garage and backyard space so i can set something up I'm, I'm always looking to evolve and keep grinding so hopefully i can put some motors together and do some more heads and i'm not in a, in a hurry right now living in an apartment is really a lot of shit so yeah it's a little crucial for space there <laughs> so. yeah grinding is really noisy so um i'm considerate of my neighbors but you know i move all the, i'll start taking on side projects and stuff again i got some motorcycle heads i want to do got some LTVs, got some ls's got a lot of irons in the fire that kind of pause when i move so hopefully i can um get back on it soon right but, well thank you for coming on brother and it's been fun so I'll definitely get keep in touch with you and we'll have to do another one. All right, second. So how much later, man? Thanks. All right, later, bro. Why you keep sending me requests? All right. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I don't I don't my bad. <laughs> Sometimes it flakes on me a little bit. Um but yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm sad about Dak, but I'm excited to see what Andy Dalton has. Yeah, that's one of those things, man. You got to kind of just put it behind you, and uh, he'll come back, but it ain't going to be this season. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Andy Dalton will throw a lot more deep routes than Dak does and actually connect with. Dak wasn't team. doing bad, but um, he definitely is. I don't know. He he will take the check down first for sure. So, yeah. Right. I'm, yeah, he seems like a check down type of guy, like or a slant route, you know, or a screen screen pass. That's crazy though, because last year I think know? he had the most deep completions of any quarterback in the league. But how many of those games were they way behind? And you know, it was, you know, that's oh, wow. something people don't really think about. But I think a lot of those games they were down by three plus touchdowns or two touchdowns when he had to come back. And the thing about Dak is. It's, Versus winning teams, he's right. actually like right at five hundred, just under five hundred. So he puts up really big yards versus teams like the Giants and teams like you know even versus the Jets last year he didn't put up big yards, but you know versus subpar teams or teams that he they get way behind on he puts up these monster numbers and it makes it seem like he's just it, it, right. It's it 
it's too hard to come back from that deficit once they, once they get behind. Crazy. You know? um, yeah, how do you throw for 502 yards? Down 41 in, in the <laughs> second half. That's that's gonna do it. Yeah, I feel like if their defense was was like the the 2014 defense that they had, they would probably be at least four and one. Or yeah, they should be zero and five right now. You know. <laughs> not not like the Falcons. The, I mean, the, the Falcons, Falcons are fucking them. terrible, man. There's so many. It's, the NFL is so crazy. You can be in the Super They're Bowl one season, awful. and the next season you can be fighting for a top five draft pick. The NFL is a crazy place, especially the it's Right. See, that's what that's what me and my friend were talking about today. Like, do you think the do you think the Falcons are gonna tank? I was like, they might. I don't might know, man. Like, tank for who? Like, the, the big name player is Trevor Lawrence. And got Matt Ryan. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor they got Lawrence. Matt Ryan. Then you got the Giants. They got a quarterback. You got the Jets. They've got a quarterback. What other like? What other teams are really really bad that really need a quarterback? Like, I guess you could. Say, well, I don't know. I don't think Sam Darnold is a good With a better coach, he would be great. With you. Look who he's got. Adam Gase is a trash so? ass coach, man. He's terrible. Yeah, he got literally he got was. he got jobs off of Peyton Manning having a, a, a record legendary season one year and then he got a job and sucked and then he got another job and sucked. I think they were last in the league in offense last year. Can you really blame that all on the players? No, no, you can't. Because their their offense ain't too bad. I watched really. this uh, this video um, on a channel called Set the Edge, and it was like why Adam Gase should be fired immediately. And it grabbed all these numbers, and it's like, like I think when he was in Miami, they went from having like the thirteenth offense to the thirty first offense by the time he got fired. Like, eh, I can't blame that all on the players, dog. That's that's <laughs> on like, you. <laughs> same thing the Cowboys. Like last year, they were so bad, man. They shouldn't even had Dak. Like Dak really bailed them out in a few of those games. And of course, they blew out some teams that shouldn't even been on the field. But for the most part, they were really like a five and eleven team last year. And he got them a couple wins, just being amazing. But other than that, I mean, right. he's not Patrick Mahomes. That's for sure. And neither is Andy Dalton. No, no, they're not. But I'm kind of excited to see what Andy's got. How about the Miami Dolphins beating the shit out of the What's left of the 49ers? <laughs> yeah, they, they injured. But still, it, it took me surprised. Yeah, that, that the Dolphins are for real, man. They got uh, – Brian Flores is a great coach. I mean, people don't give uh, Fitz, Fitz enough respect, man. When he's on, that dude is – he's tough. Yeah, when Fitz is on, he's oh, God. on. But when, when he's, he's off, on, get his ass off the field. Off. I've seen him yeah. throw some throws like, yeah. damn, bro, that was – my grandma could have done better than that. What the hell was that? He just was winging it, man. Yeah, he just he, – it it's like he freaks out and he just makes a stupid yeah. throw. I think um, – I really think the Dolphins, if a team was going to – I wouldn't say take that division over, but I would say I don't really like the Bills as they're constructed. I like the Dolphins better. I like the Dolphins. Really? I like a couple players on the Bills, but I really like how Miami is constructed defense-wise, offense-wise, how their coordinators coach the game. Like, 
Fitzpatrick isn't the best, most consistent quarterback. But if you can get, you know, if you can get no. eleven or twelve weeks of good Fitzpatrick, you're going to win nine of those games. And it doesn't really matter who they play; he can carve up almost any defense. I mean, right, right. He can. He can't read the defense. I like how he runs, man. That dude but, runs like a running back. Like how his. Like he's yeah, had his he, helmet he's running like, he runs like Dude, Steven Jackson. That deer be flying in the wind, and he's just trucking. Like he's trying to run over linebackers. And she's like, "Bro, what are you doing, man? What What are you doing, man? Ah, bro, you're a quarterback. Shay, man, that's that's how you want your quarterback to play, man. That's that's how Dak was trying to do when he got hurt. Like, fuck, bro, just go down, dude. What are you doing, man? Y'all. Are... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the play exactly. Dude, it was it looked like a design quarterback draw, and he took off, and he he shed the first tackle, and I think it was on like a five yard line. And dude grabs him and like jumps on him, and he's trying to stiff arm the guy off, and he just rolls him up. Man, it was ugly. I saw it, and I was like, oh, I jumped on my chair, bro. That shit was terrible looking, man. And he tried to like he tried to like bang wow. on the ground or some shit to like I don't know what he was trying to do, but that shit was ugly, man. He's just holding it up like pointing at bro. What the fuck is this? Yeah, like I don't oh, think that's, that's, that's like that, bro. Like, yeah, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna do something about this. Yeah, it was. I'm watching Seattle get shut out right now. This is a surprise. Yeah. They're yeah, playing they, the Vikings, and Vikings going right down the field. This is um, oh, Vikings. I don't fans, trust Kirk though. Cousins, man. I wouldn't trust him. To, uh, I never liked him either. Like, mm, I don't know about you, dude. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't trust him to watch my dog. Like, I really wouldn't. No, he was all right in Washington. They were not yeah, a good team. Was, Washington got beat today. They got Washington's slaughtered. Not good, man. And I mean, I feel good for Alex Smith coming back in and uh, and doing what he did. Like I, when Aaron Donald jumped on his back, I was like, "Oh no, like, his leg is so fucked up." Please, <laughs> made it to the game without an right. injury, but I mean, it's a tough situation. He brought in cold off the bench. Like you don't have a week practice with the starters. Like you're not here warmed up. Shit, but right, and I. I I didn't expect them. I didn't expect the Bengals to lose that bad. Either. They're gonna rebuild. They need a lot of draft picks. Like they need to. I mean, Burrow can't do it by himself. I don't. I wouldn't. I didn't expect him to come in and, and take them uh-huh. to the playoffs his first year. And I, I think he he is really, really, really good. Like people are probably gonna. Oh, Burrow. Yeah, gonna... people. The next generation of quarterbacks. You start looking at the quarterbacks that have led like four years or less in the league. You could even say five. Four years less in the league. You're talking about Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, I'm not really Sam Darnold. I'm talking about, fuck, I mean, Kyler Murray. I'm talking about Justin Herbert. Dude, Josh Allen's not Josh even that Allen, either, you know? bro, Deshaun Watson. There's so many good-ass young quarterbacks. The league is going to be so crazy, right? And they can just fling. This is fun to watch football before. Yeah. And Dak, too. Dak's only been in the league four years. I think this is his fifth year. And, like, this looking Oh, yeah, it is, huh? Gotten. Like, he wasn't even supposed to be what he is. And he's just, that dude's going to get fucking paid. I don't care what his uncle looks like. That whole get together, he's still going to get $35 million plus a season. You think he'll get – you think Jerry – Hell, yeah, he that? has to. And the only way I would say no is if Andy Dalton comes in and somehow, some way takes him to the playoffs. They were one – what were they? One and three. 
if he takes them to the playoffs and they win a couple playoff games, I don't see it with that defense. I just I can't. There's no fucking way. Look what the Browns. Oh yeah, their defense is giving up way too. But there's a lot of injuries. The Cowboys too, top three play. offensive linemen are out for the season. It's not gonna happen. Right. I'm stunned they won today. I really thought the Giants were gonna do them. I really did. And I'm a Cowboys really? fan since since John Elway retired. I've been a Cowboys fan. I was a Broncos fan before that. I cannot. Oh really? You, you jumped ships? I just like how John Elway played. I really, I wasn't. I lived in Dallas my whole life. I really wasn't a Cowboys yeah. fan. No, no harm in that. But when um when when Elway retired, he went out on top, and uh, I don't know what the stimulus was. I just started watching them. Just started studying them. I guess a little more locally and talking to my family members about them and stuff and watching the games. That's kind of all right. I'll, I'll be a Cowboys fan. All right, yeah. See, I've been a Saints fan my whole life. Like, I had to go through some rough years they with the Saints. Up. Aaron Brooks. I mean, they created everything for Ricky. Like, what the fuck are you guys awesome. doing? Well, Ricky's a goon, man. He was that was, he was a goon. Ricky Williams? Yeah, yeah. but he hated being in New Orleans. I was, <laughs> he I hated it. I, anybody's listening, New Orleans, hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Y'all get flooded out like every six months, man. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much Pass, why I bro. moved from there. It was, it was too yeah, much. Moving, moving uh, from your hometown is it's a rough deal, but I mean, you got to do what you do. So is that where the last name comes from? I was thinking about that when I, I punched your number in my phone. I was like, Dupuis, what kind of, is that French? Okay. Yeah, it's French. So, okay. yeah, my, my dad's side is from New Orleans. My mom's side's from Texas. So, yeah. French, but French. Western. But, Western French. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, basically, like my dad, my dad started drag racing at an early, early age. Like uh, my grandpa used to own a bunch of the tracks. He used to own Bristol. He used to own Atlanta. He used to own state state capital raceway. And um, yeah, he was he was the uh, competition director in, in the NHRA for sixteen years or so. And so that's how my dad my dad started at a young age bracket racing Damn. motorcycles. And then he just he started working his way up through the alcohol ranks, being a bottom end guy. And then he finally went to the, the Fuel Funny Cars in '88. That's all I remember. I remember him being Scusa. That's right, right? Being Scusa. No, no, no. That was Brian Karate. Brian who was Karate his? Was who was this guy in uh, in the '90s? Who who was he in the '90s? Oh, uh, he had the Nitro Fish car. The Nitro Who's Fish funny car. Back in the nineties, Todd Todd Payton, Kristen Powell, um, Johnny Gray for a little bit. That was a hard era to try to tune in with Force and Austin Coyle kicking everybody's shit in. Oh yeah, that was brutal, man. man. But what is the advantage they had? I know Austin Coyle had like a blower dyno, and they were doing in-house blowers and shit, and I know they they had. Yeah, Austin. So. From what I know, Austin and Ford, Ford and Castrol both paid John Forrest eight million dollars a piece a year. Okay, so that's sixteen million dollars funding, which is that's a lot. It's pretty unheard of, like even today. Yeah, so like they had a blower dyno, they had the clutch dynos, and they were just ahead of the curve of everyone, you know. And Austin Cole 
is probably one of the smartest guys ever. To He's definitely to on the Mount uh, Rushmore as far as Fuji's go. I mean, he, um, dude, dude, oh, yeah. I mean, he has 18, 19 titles. Yeah. You know, he had two of them with Frank Hawley back in the day, and then he won 16 yeah, man, with you John. Can, you can hang it up after that, bro. I think you get a pass. You can go ahead and retire. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, like you Frank can go ahead and go. You know, you know. Like, he said, I'm good, man. I don't need to do shit else. I like that. I like watching and learning about tutors. Like, drivers is kind of self explanatory. Everybody's got a story. But really, like, how the cars are now, you can damn near make anybody a driver. Like, Luis De Leon, De Leon from Fuel Tech, kind of an example. Me and my dad were talking about okay. Like, if the car is good, you can really put somebody in there with literally no experience and just. End up down the track. Oh, for and, sure. I mean, for sure. I mean, Kurt Busch. I don't know. Did he even yeah, go to driving school before Kurt Busch hopped in a pro stock? You remember that? No, no, he didn't. He went to. I think he went to Frank Hall. Yeah, he hopped right in and drove the damn car. Yeah, went to the semis. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, how you know driving is really not complicated. You're not gonna put. Uh, Erica Enders in an F1 car, and she's going to do shit. I'm not. No offense to Erica Enders, like it's, there's levels to this shit. No, take no. a street outlaw no, dude. You could put him in a top field draft, no sweat. You take that same dude and put him in a, in a oh top field draft, maybe so. Yeah, you draft. take that same guy and you go put him in those camping world trucks, and he might even qualify. No. No, he, he ain't getting the top Just 30. Just put him on iRacing and let him race but, the scrubs in Class C fixed and let him get his shit pushed in for a month. And he still wouldn't be able to go out there in a real truck and do shit. Yeah. Right. But, I don't know. Top fuel is easy to drive, but a good driver can save your ass and can tell exactly. you what the car's doing. If, if you, you know, took computers sometimes, away... But you, Sometimes the, if you took computers away, that I think that would even a lot of the playing field. I wouldn't say that that would make the sport any cheaper or less expensive to run, but now you're talking about having all the data versus having the driver and your eyeballs and cameras, and that's it. You take all the sensors away. The yeah, driver you take all and the, the sensors parts. away. You take all the electronics away. Top fuel and, and funny car would be real interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, hell, I like, if you took all the electronics today, I don't think turbo cars would be even well, closer to what they the, are now. That's why I said nitro prices. I didn't way. say anything about, you know, pro stock and pro mod and all that. Because I know those guys need that shit. But, I mean, a blower car with no electronics is still a blower car. You can still run the shit. Nitrous car. Mm, right. Nitrous cars nowadays, a lot of them be EFI. You really need that shit. If you went back to carburetors, you really wouldn't need that much. Right. Well, I mean, the nitrous guys, they still do have a mechanical yeah. pump on there, though. Even though they're EFI, they still need a mechanical pump because EFI is it's not fast enough. I don't necessarily think that EFI is a huge, huge advantage over carbs. I mean, Reister went a sixty-seven with a, with carbs, and his I don't think he has a nine fifty-nine. He might have one now. I don't think he has a nine fifty-nine, and he went a three sixty-seven on a shoestring budget. So one of our one of our motors, man. He just, I mean, the shit just works, man. I mean, carbs just work. I don't know if they still get right. power like they used to Hard because work. of the cooling effect, but um, you can still get by. You just a big block, like you say a 565 or a 632 with EFI versus a carb. I'm pretty sure that the, the difference in ET is not that great. The control is what everybody would tout for. You're still just putting fuel in holes and banging right. it off. So. 
Right. The 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 how do I say this? The controllability mm-hmm. of the cars with the motor, their EFI is way superior. For sure. I feel like you know, but they're still yeah, blowing you them up. Still they'll be blow. chasing your they're ass still... indefinitely with EFI. Also, there's no guarantee that just because you got EFI, you're going to be faster. You could be chasing your your nuts behind your behind your ass for a whole year trying to figure out one sensor being fucked up, whereas the car guy. Yep, and yeah. you wouldn't know it. A lot of it's ignition-related, mm-hmm. too, from what, from what I eat. Like, when my dad was running the nitro cars, the computer would say one thing, but then the parts would say something way different, and you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe the sensor's mm-hmm. fucked up. And half the time, yeah, my dad just went out and um, he's getting ready 